And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hulk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hulk. Man, it is a great time of the year. Sleep, March, crazy time, March Madness. I'm excited. Uh, we got... We have an amazing episode for you guys today. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this podcast, and uh, we'll break down the brackets. Sleep, I'm excited. Gosh, we got so many good things going on, man. It is March Madness. It is daylight savings time. It's uh, We're done with the ACC tournament. We'll get into that. We'll get into some football moves that have been going down, one of which your boy Sleep Dog uh, again. Just, I mean... Damn, I should be in Vegas right now. I got so many hits coming. Uh, Aaron Rodgers got paid $150 million over three years. We're going to break all that down. But before we get into it, we got a big announcement to make. As you guys may or may not know now that we talk about crab cakes a lot, we're doing a big partnership with Jimmy's Famous Seafood. We're going to be announcing the details of this tomorrow on social media, uh, maybe Thursday. You never know with us, right? Sometimes we get a little tardy on things. Uh, but preferably tomorrow, we're going to announce um, the Championship 50. Right, And basically what that is all about is we're going to help get the word out that Jimmy's ships seafood to all 50 states. And he doesn't just ship any seafood, he ships good seafood to 50 states. Very important. What they have agreed to do, what they're going to do is send a box to troops in all 50 states. And we're going to do this in conjunction with March Madness. We're going to tell you about our bracket challenge here a little bit later on, but a couple Leading things you need to know to qualify. Got to be following Sleephawk Worldwide on Instagram. Got to be following Jimmy's Famous Seafood on Instagram. Got to be, uh, got to submit a nomination, I think. And uh, we'll give you all the details, but just to get ahead of it, check it out. We'll put it on our story. We'll put it on a post. Tyler will post it. Jimmy's uh-huh. will post it. You'll be able to figure it out. Just DM us if you can't figure it out. But uh, really excited about that because it's going to be really cool. And um, so thanks to Jimmy's for, for for helping us out with that, quite frankly, for giving us the idea and then making us do it and following through on the execution of it if we're being really, really honest with ourselves. But anyway, that's coming. Be on the lookout. But for now... Let's get into it, man. ACC tournament. Let's start there. We haven't talked to you guys since then. Uh, I don't know, man. So, obviously, Virginia Tech, what is it? First number seven seed to win the ACC tournament. Love that they beat beat Duke Sass. Mm -hmm. Is there any part of you that was kind of like, I mean, I didn't want to lose that game to Virginia Tech, but, I mean, you know, it still just like cements our legacy that last time we played Duke, we kicked their ass. There was no part. I, I mean, figured that. I didn't see that answer. I, I, I'm I, Duke doesn't intimidate me. No, I don't care how many lottery picks they have or who their head coach is. Bring them. I'm I'm ready to go to battle against them anytime, day or night. And that's the way our team should be. They should be that confident. Fans, we should be that confident too. I mean, we kick uh, Coach K's ass to win the title in the ACC tournament. That's what they truly care about uh, because I think uh, K hasn't won an outright ACC regular season championship. Since Moby Dick was a minnow. In 16 years. But, I mean, it seems to rack it up in the uh, ACC tournament for sure. And uh, they take great pride in that. I saw the, um, the documentary on the ACC tournament on the ACC network, and good God, you would have thought they hung a national championship banner for every uh, tournament they won there. But now I sleep. I wanted to beat them twice. Um, I know we swept them last year. Uh, there's a part of me that says uh, Kay didn't fully 
uh, retired because he didn't want to end on a, you know, a regular season sweep from the Tar Heels. But, um, you know, they got what they deserved from Virginia Tech, and congrats to Virginia Tech on their first ACC tournament. Um, and they played well, and they beat the Dukies. Yeah, we were all Hokies that day. Uh, definitely got their way in the tournament, uh, to NCAA tournament. They were not in it. Then they were last four in. Then they were on the bubble. Then they were this, and then they were that. All this bullshit, and then all of a sudden, bang, they win the ACC tournament. They're in now. Um, brought us in. I mean, you know, we don't have to get too much into our performance in the tournament. I mean, we didn't look so hot against against Virginia Tech. I don't know. It's it's a weird I, I will ask the question though. What did what did you make of that performance, you know, coming off of uh who did we play in the first game? That we, oh, we kicked the shit out of Virginia. Yep. Right? Look good, look great. Mm-hmm. Um beat them by 20. Then we turn around and lose like we did to Virginia Tech. I mean, you you know from experience, like I I feel like as a fan that the ACC tournament is just weird territory, right? It's like for the teams that really need need it to get in, they they're playing hard. I'm not saying that that we or any other teams that had our fate already kind of sealed weren't playing hard. It just seems like the level of effort tends to be a little different there sometimes. But from your perspective, what does that loss tell you or not tell you uh, about our chances in the NCAA tournament? First of all, I want to say I'm not a fan of these conference tournaments, and they do it to make money, and I know that. You know, like I've said before, I've said this many times, and I couldn't say this when I played for the team, but I feel like the conference tournaments in many ways can wear a good team out right before the NCAA tournament. You really want to win a national championship if you're a true contender. What does winning the conference title do for you? Um you know, if your expectations are to win the whole thing and you're too exhausted to bring it on a random Thursday because you just played five games in five nights and now you traveled back home and you're trying to pack and get ready and you're watching the Sunday selection, it's a lot into the sleep. Um, but let me say this. Um, you know, what we played against Virginia Tech, um, we didn't play to our you know potential, but we missed some shots. Um, I felt like we just missed a lot of shots and we mm-hmm. came out kind of flat, flat. Yeah. And I, you know, and the, the a big part of that is I'm not sure if we had a nine or nine thirty game. It was late nine thirty. But Jesus, Jesus Christ. Hey, let's move these games up to where, you know, the big Hawk and uh sleep dog can stay awake. Yeah. Guys, I mean, we're at the bar ordering coffee. I, I mean, mean, true story. Uh, come on, um, let's do this. Uh, but you know, to, you know, what time do you think you get to bed after a nine thirty game? Mm. You probably leave the building around ten thirty, uh, eleven thirty, midnight. So you're probably in sleep by two thirty. So the rest period isn't ideal as a player. And I'm not surprised we came out flat. And to mention another dynamic on it, I think the ACC tournament should move back down to the south, a little more coastal. I don't yeah. care if it's in Atlanta. I don't care if it's in Florida. Or Greensboro, Charlotte, it always felt, you know, felt like the vibe was better. I yeah. look in New York, it just didn't feel like the ACC tournament. And uh, I think we got to get it back down I here. I feel like there's a lot to compete with in those cities, right? Like, New, it's New York, dude. ACC tournament. Like, what do you think of when you think of New York? I mean, I, you could give me literally a list of 10,000 things that someone in New York says that they like about New York, and I promise you the ACC tournament isn't on one. You give me 10 things that someone likes about Greensboro, buddy, nine of them are going to be the ACC tournament. Mm-hmm. That one's probably going to be like barbecue-related, right? So um, <laughs> all I'm saying is you're right, dude. It's There's a different atmosphere, I think, when 
this is like your the the crown jewel of the area, right? Like there's yeah. a buzz about it where you know Madison Square Garden. I mean, I think it's probably cool for the players, right? They get to play there, and, and they play. They didn't play there. They played in uh, Brooklyn. Oh, that's right. They played in Barclays. Yeah, I mean, you see Jay Z on the way. Maybe see his picture hanging somewhere in there. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. Um, get it back into the to the heart of it. I understand how they're trying to divvy it up, move it around, but dude, the heyday of it being in Greensboro is just nothing like it. Move uh, it to DC. I mean, that's not. It's yeah. a little closer, a little yeah. more territory. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you plop it somewhere in 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 the Carolinas, Virginia area. Like you're covering most places. Everybody can get there. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's Florida State going to do? How the hell are they going to get to New York? Right. Like, anyway. Um, Although somehow I feel like Florida State is just as far from Brooklyn as like Syracuse. I don't even know where Syracuse is, but it just feels like it's far away from there. Um, <laughs> NCAA tournament. All right. All things shake out. Heels make it, believe it or not. I mean, we've been talking about how we were on, we're not on the bubble the whole time, but yet some people still felt like that up to our last game. And then um, we kicked the shit out of Duke. Duke gets shit kicked out of it by um, – Here's two things I don't understand. And again, this goes back. I feel the same way about rankings in the in the NCAA tournament as I kind of do about rankings overall. And then, you know, like I normally do, I'm going to say I don't care, and then I'm going to bitch about the rankings. Carolina just goes in, beats Duke, goes into the top 25. Are you telling me that they lost to Virginia Tech and that helps them fall out of the top 25? If so, I could live with the eight. I, You know, I, I'll, I'll take the eight. What I can't live with is Duke at number two. Um by the letter of the law. I mean, Duke had already dropped to seven, which wasn't far enough when we blew the doors off. Then they turn around, what, one game later and lose to Virginia Tech. I mean, that means they've lost two out of the last three. That means they got to fall out of the top 10 and they come in essentially as, you know, top eight seed in the, in the tournament. It just reeks to me of more evidence that they just want them there. But I will say for once in their lives, I don't necessarily think they've got an easy road. I mean, I know you don't like Gonzaga that much, but they got to get through Gonzaga to get to the Final Four. I don't think they do that. Yeah, they do. Gonzaga is going to be a tough one. And Texas Tech's playing really well right now, too. Uh, They have a lot of depth, and they have some good players, and they're a tough team. Uh, I think they'll meet their true first challenge there. And actually, I'm looking at uh, Michigan State, Davidson. I actually have Davidson winning that game. Uh, Davidson-Duke, that could get interesting because it's a North Carolina battle. But, uh, you know, let's be honest, Duke has much more firepower. But I think they'll truly get tested at Texas Tech. you know, guessing that Texas Tech makes it to the uh, Sweet 16. And then uh, if Gonzaga takes care of business, as they should, because I look at their their bracket right now, and I'm not seeing any, you know, I'm not seeing any teams that really mm-hmm. stick out. You know, Alabama has been a team that could be explosive, but I actually had them losing to their Rutgers Notre Dame uh, winner. But, uh, yeah, I think they'll. I have them playing Gonzaga in the Elite Eight and Gonzaga advancing just because I couldn't put Duke in there uh, off of principle. But um, I've kind of buried the lead here, honestly. Like, why the fuck are we talking about Duke first? Who cares? <laughs> I hope they get to the Final Four because you know why? If they get to the Final Four, that means we're getting to the Final Four. And that means once and for all, we're going to just. Anyway, um, let's talk about the Heels. Fuck Duke. Fuck them. Um, we get Marquette and then, you know, if we get past Marquette, we draw Baylor. And there's a lot to talk about, I think, in our bracket. Um, you want to talk about – I mean, dude, I honestly think Baylor, Kentucky, Purdue – I mean, hell, we just lost to Virginia Tech. They're the 11th seed, bro. Like, I think we're in a vicious bracket. 
How far do you have us going in all honesty? Because I'm going to be 100% honest with you, dude. I don't see us getting past Baylor. And I hate it. Hate to say it, but I'm going to say it because I get a lot of heat for we always just pick the heels to win. Um, that's going to be – I'll put it this way. That's going to be a tough one. And here's why. But let me let me justify my my stance there before I just get clobbered. Baylor's really athletic, and we have five guys. That's our, that's our that's our essentially our depth chart. And the problem I see is that with a team that's super athletic, and Baylor's up against some injuries, from what I understand. The best player I think is out for the season. One of their other scores is is either not playing or um, or has been banged up. But the problem is, is, is when you're when you're shallow like we are, and you come up against an athletic team, I, I I'm concerned that you know if Baycott gets two fouls in the first half against Baylor, like it's over. Like there's no way to come back from that from them. Um, just just my my reasoning. I hope Carolina for all you Sleephawk Nation fans listening. Right, I mean let's be clear. I want the Tar Heels to win the national championship. I'm trying to be reasonable uh, in my expectations here. What do you think? Well, you know, let's look at Marquette real quick. Marquette's been a real streaky team, and uh, I think it was last year they came into the Dean Dome and they they knocked us upside our head. And Garcia, who was on Marquette, uh, just destroyed us. Uh, but. Um, he's no longer with us, but Marquette is a very streaky team. Um, you know, they've, they've shown, um, some tendencies to be a really good team and then shown some tendencies to lose some duds. So, um, you know, it almost sounds like we're talking about us. Yeah. So we got to take care of Marquette. And I think if we play our basketball and we play discipline and we stay with it and the theme that we've been talking about for a long period of time, there's two main themes here. And my, you know, what I think is turnovers and effort. I, and effort, you could you could put effort and mindset, uh, you know, in the same, mm-hmm. you know, umbrella. But here's these are the two things I think we need to do to win and go uh, on a deep run. Uh, cut down our lackadaisical turnovers. We love the word lackadaisical. Love it. Um, you, what you can't do by me, what I mean by lackadaisical turnovers is you can't have unforced turnovers. You can't have turnovers just making a careless pass. Um, everything has to be done with a purpose, drive, and you know, passion. So every little thing we do, we can't have turnovers uh, just nonchalant. Okay, mm-hmm. if we have a turnover, it's got to be because we're attacking the basket, uh, we're being aggressive, and we just turn the ball over. We'll live with those. We're not going to live with somebody just throwing a bad pass open court with nobody guarding them. And the next thing is mindset uh, and effort. Okay, Puff Johnson, who we love on this show, because uh, we're all about blue collar, winning plays, hustling. You don't need to score to make a huge impact mm-hmm. on the game. Puff has continued to come in, whether he scores or not, and impact the game positively. Uh, his attitude, his effort, you know, his energy, everyone feeds off of that. And now what you're starting to see is, is Puff get the confidence, and now he's starting to add pieces to the game that he knew he had, but we didn't really see, like hitting shots sometimes, uh, starting to be a little more aggressive to the basket. Why is he doing that? Because coach has a confidence because he's been talking about, I want somebody who's going to come in there and bring energy and effort. And 
you know, play with the purpose. And Puff said, okay, I'll do that. And so now he's getting more minutes and he's proving himself and his confidence is through the roof. Um, but I think if we go there with the mindset, we're coming here to win uh, and play discipline basketball and to actually make an impact on the tournament. And we're going to cut turnovers down. We're going to go out there and play hard. Sleep. I can see us actually going to the, you know, realistically, I could see us going to the Elite Eight against Kentucky. And, you know, anything can happen in one game. Anything can happen in one game. You have Purdue, Kentucky, um, which we played previously this Mm -hmm. year. We played Purdue. That was one of our best games of the year outside of the Duke game. We played great against Purdue. We brought it. We brought energy, effort. We just came up short, and that's okay. SHWW would live with that. That's what we like to see. We can pull for a team that comes out there, plays hard, and they just come up short. You're going to have nights like that, and that's what makes March Madness so great. Anybody can beat anybody. So if they do that and they come out here, I can see us making a deep little run. I mean, you're exactly right, dude. So here's the thing. Like, Let me be very clear. If I were to fill out a bracket, and I haven't yet, I'm probably going to fill out a couple. One is going to be, you know, I just feel like we're going to run into trouble matchup problems against Baylor, right? But I said this maybe the last pod after the Duke win is like, if I'm Marquette, I mean, I'm I'm looking at Marquette and I'm like, man, that's a tough draw. At one point, they beat three straight ranked teams, Seton Hall, Villanova, who they beat twice this year, and Xavier. Um, they had close losses against Providence, who's ranked. Uh, they beat Providence. They've had a lot of big wins, and they've had some close losses to uh, other other good teams, right? So I kind of look at that, and I'm like, dude, that's a tough draw. But I bet uh, Marquette fans are probably sitting there thinking the same damn thing. Like, dude, I mean, these guys haven't had a great year, but I, sh- I mean, it's a tough draw right now. So, you know, it all depends on which, which team we're going to get. You're going to get the team that showed up against Duke or against State or against Purdue, or you're going to get the team that showed up against Virginia Tech or, you know, some of these other lackadaisical – uh, games in which you know we didn't we didn't play to our potential. If we play to our potential, which has a big problem, big challenge, I should say, for college teams to do. This is what does it take six times? I mean, to play to your potential. If you're a fringe team to play to your potential six games in a row, I don't think we've done it all season, right? Uh, six games in a row. But if we could, then hell yeah, we get we get we can beat anybody on any given night as far as anybody that I've seen. So, which there's some teams I haven't seen as well. So you, we could definitely do it. I think um, you know one one piece of it is you know I talked about the bracket earlier. I mean you got you know UCLA and Purdue and and uh, you know Kentucky, but those guys are all going to take care of themselves theoretically. Um, I guess I guess we would wind up against UCLA if it if it came to that. Now I wouldn't write St. Mary's off. Now a lot of people are picking St. Mary's to beat UCLA. So if we get past Baylor. Uh, which Baylor has injuries. And by the way, I don't think anybody on Baylor can guard Armando. They have a very athletic uh, team. They get up and down the floor. This would have been a fun game to watch uh, under Coach Williams. Mm-hmm. The kind of styles go back, you know, back and forth. But Scott Drew for Baylor's done an amazing job. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's not a shoe in that UCLA. They have shown some vulnerabilities all year. And the one team that did knock Gonzaga upside their head was St. Mary's when they came to town. And St. Mary's is a disciplined, veteran team. And that's what I've talked about, you know, sleep 
this new one-and-done air in college basketball, you're going to start seeing teams. Gonzaga's kind of getting those – they had those borderline guys that would stay for four years. Velanova did it. And so now they become these kind of these powerhouses, whereas Kentucky's having to rebuild every year. Duke's having to rebuild every year. We're, you're seeing – you know, us, uh, you know, a lot of times, Kobe White, then you have, um, God, I can't think of the, uh, Anthony from, uh, Cole Anthony last, yep. you know, a couple, two, years, yeah, ago. A couple yep. years ago. Um, you know, you start to see these teams kind of have to rebuild, you know, after every year. And so you're seeing these younger teams or these kind of these mid-majors come in there. But St. Mary's is a, is a quality the team. The Gales. The Gales. Where, if you had to guess where St. Mary's, which state St. Mary's was located in, what would you guess? It's in California. I thought uh, it was yeah. right outside of uh, the Bay Area. Yeah, right? it sure is. Uh, I thought it was going to be some. I had no clue. Clearly, it looks like some place in Utah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's the, the Gales. And now I see why people go there. Um, I think it's a nice campus. Man. Yeah, it looks um, looks like uh, tuition's probably not cheap there. Um, capacity and their university credit union pavilion capacity is 3,500. So, uh, wow. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I could see a lot of people making noise, it, it, you know, but I think that's, that's what I, the one benefit, like you were just saying about March madness. Now all these, you know, dumbass rules about, you know, the NCAA is imposed on everyone is, um, you know, it's just, it's a toss up at this point, dude, you're going to see some, some real head scratchers, some, some bona fide contenders get their asses kicked by, you know, some teams that nobody heard of because these teams have, that nobody's heard of, the reason they're here is because they've got, you know, juniors and seniors make up their five, they're starting five, and they got a couple other dudes that can shoot and defend and, and do all the things that are, are required of a team to win close games, you know, and they're going to be older and more poised in situations where they're not at home, they're on the road in a neutral site where, um, you know, stakes are really high. Mm-hmm. And that I don't care how good you are, uh, some people deal with that well and some people don't. And um, and teams that don't have anything to lose tend to have a slightly upper hand uh, in those instances because they have nothing to lose, right? Yeah. So it's going to be uh, – you know, it's going to be the same thing it always is, which is great. Uh, no one's going to have a perfect bracket just because – I mean, let's face it. It's just this is so unpredictable at this point. Um, the last five or six years with some of the stuff that goes on, but I mean, this is the best time of year, dude. I mean, you you um, you spring forward, which kind of sucks, you know. I'm still on. I this love whole, it. I'm I still on it. this weather delay here in my brain about uh, what time is it? But boom, here we are. We're a little late getting this one down, guys, and uh, it's still daylight outside. And then you open the windows a little bit. Let's face it, damn. Uh, production in the office come come uh let's see today i guess is as you're listening to this this is tuesday as we record so today is when they're kicking off the playing games buddy if you run a company that has employees that you're relying on anything out of you can wait a couple weeks because buddy when games start coming on at like 11 you don't you don't know who murray state and san francisco are but you're watching you know what i mean like (laughs) you do (laughs) you'd rather watch murray state play san francisco than do any work so um, and more power to you because this is your chance to do it. I want to say one thing. The play-in game last year, UCLA played in the play-in game, and they went to the Final Four. So don't overlook these play-in games. And I'm not saying Bryant's going to go to the Final Four, but they are an interesting team, and they have a player. They have the leading scorer in Division One with the guy named Kiss. Mm-hmm. And 
if this guy played for Duke, he would be the most hated player of all time. He was the cockiest player uh, oh, I've ever about seen. That guy. And I can't think of the kid uh, Henderson from Old Miss. Um, I can't think of this kid's name, but he reminds me of him. And this guy can light it up, and he's fun to watch. But good God, you cannot pull for him uh, with all his antics. And it'll be interesting. That'll be a fun game to watch. And also, a team that I think could get really hot is Iowa. Iowa's on a, you know, a really good run. They have some good players, uh, and I have them knocking down Kansas, which Kansas has more quad one wins, which I hate. The quadrant system. They have more uh, quad one wins than anybody in Division One. So, um, you know, I have them losing. But usually the most knowledgeable in these uh, type of bracket things, they usually finished in last. So you guys might think I'm stupid, but one thing I haven't done is given you a whole lot of my picks. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I know you guys are all going to pick Carolina to win the national championship, and more power to you. I hope they do. Uh, but Big Hawk's going to give you about seven of his picks. So when you get into our bracket challenge, I mean, now you know what you're up against. But old Sleep Dog, you got no clue, guys. Um, so I'm sitting on some big ones. I'm not telling you what they are. Um, that is not because I have no idea what 90% of the teams in the bra- 98% of the teams in the bracket look like. It's all because I'm trying to guard this closely held secret because I'm trying to win the seafood box. So um, just you know, just note that. But um, anything, Big Hawk. Like, all right, the first tournament or first weekend of the tournament. Take me through what a player goes through when you, I mean, it's, I guess it's probably one thing from your perspective. I mean, at Carolina, right. You're kind of expected to be there. Um, some of these other schools, maybe not, but like, what is the preparation like, like the travel, the food, you know, how do you, you know, stay locked in, stay focused, but still enjoy the moment, the media day. Like, is it, is it, is it distracting? Is it fun? Is it, you know, well, uh, you know, how do you balance all that as a player, um, going into what is what is clearly, um, you know, for our guys, the first time they've been there, right? Like, we did we go last year? Yeah, we did. We lost to Wisconsin That's first right. game. <laughs> no, um, I'm a moron. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, the year before, I'm not. No, they canceled it. Um, what am I thinking about? Well, first of all, you've got a lot of family coming. So th- the main thing is to make sure that you know you're going there, not just to catch up and have fun with everybody, but you're going there on a mission to win. That's the most important thing. So what you got to do as a player, get yourself emotionally and physically. Uh, a lot of recovery. It's been a long year to be ready to play for that game. And if I'm UNC, what I'm doing right now is I'm focusing on Marquette. I'm not looking at Baylor. Uh, I'm not looking at anything else. I'm looking at Marquette and what we need to do to beat Marquette as a player. You don't – where teams get distracted is they think they have an easy win and they're looking at, oh, man, we got to play them in Elite Eight. No, you don't. You want to you wanna stay focused on the task at hand. And uh, for me – Fort Worth is a great place. I guarantee you, they they uh, will not have the COVID protocols. Uh, I think they never did in Texas, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Fort Worth. Fort Worth. It's going to be a great. You know, it's a great. I think city you have to have a gun to let get let in. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, you just got to go there on a business trip, and you got to tell your family, listen, I'll get you tickets. I can't get the. You know, everybody, I can't get the neighbors or whatever. You know, I get you guys a ticket. Let's come down here. Let's hang out. But uh, I'm trying to win some ball games. Absolute senseless facts. I'm trying to look up here. Um, 
You know who ESPN. we lost to the first uh, NCAA tournament my freshman year? Was it George Mason? Correct. Yeah, I remember that. Because they went to the Final Four. Yeah, they did. They beat UConn, I think, too. I didn't shoot a free throw that game either. Mm, that's, uh, that seems logical. Um, it was it was in Dayton, Ohio, which Dayton, Ohio, if there was like a, a shithole, <laughs> it would be Dayton, Ohio. That was not like in the March, you got to go to, hey, bring a coat. Because that place is cold. I think it is a shithole, and it is Dayton. There, there is a shithole, and it is Dayton, Ohio. Sorry to all of our fans in Dayton. Um, yeah, sure everyone tuned The Flyers, right? They kicked our ass, I think, one year when I, I went to one of the games. Let's see. Um, 26, one or two one seeds generally make the tournament 81% of the time. Last number one seed has reached the final four nine straight tourneys. At least, at least one number one seed has reached the final four in twenty. God, at least one number one seed has reached the final four in nine straight tourneys and in 13 of the last 14 only exception, 2011. Multiple number one seeds have made it in four of the last six. Three made it in 2015, but that's the only time that's occurred since 2000. So all four have only made it one time. 2009. 2008 is yep that's 2008 um san antonio that's right so anyway whatever man it's all bets are off dude i, I here's here's a bet i got for you all four ain't gonna make it this year uh and there's four good teams i think that are that are ranked number one so yeah it's why we watch why you play them like, that's what the big hawk says man that's why they play the games so um obviously god i just can't wait it's almost like i wish we were here like we should have <laughs> gone to uh Fort Worth and just sat in the parking lot and potted from there. They probably would have arrested us because we don't have cowboy hats on. We could have got some. We could have got some. As soon I'm, as sure you land. I'm sure they're there. We could have rode a cow into the parking parking deck <laughs> and uh, just be like, tip your hat and say, yes, sir, I'm here for the podcast. Howdy. Uh, howdy. <laughs> howdy, y'all. Uh, what else do we get? So, so the NCAA tournament, our bracket challenge. Let me tell you about this. So, truth is, we just started this ten minutes ago. Uh, prior, I uh, said so t- ten minutes prior to recording. What we're going to do is we're going to create a bracket. Jimmy's going to give the winner, the lucky winner, a uh, box of seafood, and you will want to win because of that. You do have to be. We're going to say these rules again and all this stuff once we polish it up. But basically, got to be following us. Got to be following them. And of course, you got to fill out a bracket. And and when you fill that bracket out, you got to do better than everybody else does, and boom, then you win. And we'll get your address and all that shit at that point. We'll send you the seafood. Big Hawk might send you a little something. I'll send you a Big Hawk autograph rookie card, um, and you know we'll go from there. But uh, it's a good chance to basically go up against the Big Hawk. You know half his bracket already. Go up against Sleep Dog, a legendary mind, and let's see how good uh, you really are. Or uh, at, at either picking winners or, or picking based on team colors, as um, some people do, and amazingly uh, do great. I um, I'm never worth a shit at the bracket. My bracket is always done. Like one of two things happens. You know how that first little quadrant? I'm either like lights out, like damn near every single one of them, and then the second one is just opposite, or vice versa right like i was just done from the gate and then the next one is like and it's always something stupid the worst part about picking up a bracket is you're always like hovering over like new mexico state man i don't know shit about new mexico state i don't know shit about uconn but something tells me i don't know just new mexico's who's gonna pick them 
I bet they beat UConn. And then you're like, nah, there's just no way. You write UConn and sure as shit. First upset, fucking New Mexico State beats fucking UConn on a buzzer beater. And you're just like kicking yourself. And then you go around telling everybody. It's like playing golf. You go around telling everybody. I almost picked New Mexico. Like anybody gives a shit, right? So um, go with your heart, man. Um, put it all out on there, out there on the paper and see if you can beat me in Big Hawk. Last year, guys, I picked Purdue to win it, and they lost in the first game. Mm. And Purdue, Purdue could win it, but they could also they could lose to they could lose to San Francisco. Listen, they're not that they're not that good right now. They've 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 got they've got talent and they've had some good games, but they just haven't put it together this year. Did you ever watch The Office, the TV show? All the time. Did they ever do an episode? I'm not a big Office fan, but I've worked in an office, so this is, this is where our you know. You've never worked in an office. You're a big fan, office fan. I've worked in an office, not a fan of the office. Did you? Um, did they ever do one about a bracket by chance? Dang. Because holy shit, what an opportunity! No, I don't think they did. Because not dude, that I can recall. It is. It's literally so prevalent that people do so little work that on the shit they have a button when you're watching on your computer that you hit it and it pulls up some shit that literally looks like it's something important. Um, no work gets done. Like CEOs of the world should just literally just be like, fuck it, go home. I know you're not doing shit anyway. At least I can save money on the power bill. <laughs> because nobody, I mean, you will have people that don't give a shit about sports loving it because A, you're feeding them the bracket, you know, five bucks to get in on a bracket. And like you, maybe you win 80 if there's 12 people that were, I don't know the math. Um, it's just hilarious to me how, how, um, how little shit gets done. It's cool because it's communal, right? Like Earl and Tammy don't really get along, don't really like each other, man, but but basketball brains get a little warm weather, a little pollen in their eyes, you know? <laughs> so, uh, man, what a great time, man. We were, And the best part is, is like this feels like the first thing that we're doing as like a free world again. You know, uh-huh. coming out of COVID, everybody take their mask off. Um, Tar Heels looking okay, right? Duke's not. I mean, the, the thing shit's fucking aligning people. Um, so we're on the other side of it. What a beautiful time! God. What a beautiful time! And you know, the person that always wins these things is I'm like, why did you pick San Francisco to go to the Final Four? I really like the color of their uniform. I'm like, get the fuck out of yeah, here! Yeah, their mascot you is a pony. Me? Oh, okay. I spent I spent four hours researching and looking at their schedule. Then go Look to at the, all the point spread. Yeah, then goes the to caesarspalace.com to see the sporting <laughs> uh, analytics like, oh, the, you know, the odds of this happening, this uh, happening. And you picked the 0.5% team to go to the Final Four, and they went. How in the f- the Sylvester slam dunk sprains his ankle in the first quarter, and you're just like, damn, isn't that their best player? Yeah, it sure is. Well, now they're going to lose. And, uh, dude, it is, it is always something, man. Um, so it's unpredictable, but you know what was predictable? Tom Brady coming back. And you know who predicted it? Sleep Dog did. I told mm-hmm. you guys that Tom was coming back. He's back. Dude, how did people not see this shit coming? Everybody acted surprised. Clearly not enough listeners of the podcast. Tom Brady's coming back. I'm excited. I like Tom Brady. I think he's good for football. I know there's a lot of people that probably ain't excited because they're sick of Tom Brady. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think that he probably looked around and was like, dude, this sucks. Uh, I, the memes are gold. Right, how he talked about how he's retiring for his kids, and then I saw I saw one meme, and it was Jordan, and it was like Tom Brady, 
Like, I want to spend time with my kids. And then it said, Tom Brady, and it showed one of those pictures of Michael Jordan looking all serious, and it just said, fuck them kids. And uh, <laughs> it was just hilarious because everybody's been harping on him for, uh, <laughs> for saying he's going to go spend time with his kids. I think it took 40 days for him to decide, like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to come back and play more football. I mean, uh, Tampa's got to be Super Bowl favorite again. Um you know, it it was all part of the plan, guys. Like, if you believe that Tom Brady was retiring after all that orchestration of his, you know, final season, man, uh, you got finessed, as they say. Uh, one guy that I know that didn't get finessed was me, and um, and I'm happy for I'm happy for it because I like Tom. I'm I love forward to watching. Yeah, I like Brady. Um, I'm glad he's back. Get to see a, you know, another year. Um, <laughs> But it just seems like, man, these quarterbacks have so much drama nowadays. I don't, I don't really get it. it. Used to be the wide receivers, now it's the quarterbacks. Um, but I'm glad he's back. Hell, um, get to watch, you know, the greatest player to play football, you know, another year. 150 million for Aaron Rodgers. We just read that before we came on. So Aaron Rodgers, another one up in the air, talking about he was going to leave, uh, leave Green Bay. He stayed. 150 million. Dollars and they were just talking about so I was listening to McAfee as I do now a lot. Um, gotta that show's awesome, um, dude. So apparently, Green Bay has like all this cap trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Devontae Adams is like, bro, like somebody's got to pay me because they're trying to franchise tag him. I, I think they franchised him, they, I, th- I think, but but I think he's threatened to sit out the season, but if he, they, they made him. oh, so he's he's gonna sit out if they tag him, he does not want to be tagged. Oh. And he doesn't really have – so do you know how the tag works? I think what it is, it takes like, you know, the top I'm totally five, plagiarizing from Pat McAfee's show the right now. The top five players, and it takes yep, their salaries, and, and then you- – Or um, 20%, I think, more than your salary. Okay. Or something like that. And Or no, I think it's 120 – well, whatever. That would be 20% more than your salary. But Sleep, I got a question for yeah. you. Not to cut you off, but – why do NFL players just all of a sudden feel like they can just rip up a contract and do another one? So he's not doesn't have a contract. Um, I think that the reason I don't know for a fact where he's at, but I think it's either you re-sign me, the team I guess has an option to franchise tag one player. I think, yeah. and generally speaking, <clears throat> I think they franchise. Younger players coming off of their rookie contracts, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Because it's, you know, the rookie's like fine with it, right? Because he's making more money than he ever has. And they want to hold him one more year at, at a relatively comparable level. I'm not, I'm not, especially in that average deal, right? Because, because that's the thing. You either take the average of the five or 120%. And I don't know if you get, I think you get to choose that. Yeah. And so here's How fucked is this work? Here, here's here's my argument to you is somewhere there's miscommunication between these players. Um, because I remember how this played out with uh Le'Veon Bell. And you know, everyone was claiming he needs this big contract, and then all of a sudden we see him actually sit out a full year. And looking back on this, I don't think that was like I don't think his point of him sitting out the whole year. Um, I don't think he proved anybody. I think he just played himself. And, you know, he missed out on a really good opportunity. And your NFL career is short enough. I don't understand why you sit out a year to prove a point. Uh, and then you just see the guy from the Cowboys. Uh, what is his name? Uh, they're running back Ezekiel. Uh, what's his Elliot? Elliot? Yeah. yeah. This guy got paid. And 
you know, you can make an argument. He hasn't lived up to that contract. And you have Todd Gurley, who, uh, you know, his legs, let's just face it. I mean, guys got candy canes uh, for legs and real fragile. And they just paid him a bank and uh, didn't really work out. So these running backs and all these these NFL players, if you're not a quarterback, man, man, I, I understand why teams make such a big deal about this. Dude, kickers and punters make $5 million a year. Wow. Um, so I'm on here trying to figure out what this is. Adam Vinatieri is a leading scorer in NFL history, right? Uh, yeah. Well, all, almost all the field goal kickers are uh, leading scorers because they score <laughs> a lot of points there, big dog. Uh, so it says that franchise tag is essentially a one-year contract that guarantees a predetermined salary for players. The salary amount is set by the av- by the average is set by averaging the top as a typo on SB Nation. Uh, the 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 salary amount is set by averaging the top five players' salaries by position for the previous league year, or if it's higher, one hundred twenty percent of the players' salary. So players like quarterbacks, defensive ends will have a much higher tag than positions like kicker or punter. Duh. Um, so it's like the tag either. So I guess it says the teams have a two-week window to apply the one-year tender. Players who get the tag have to either sign their tender or negotiate a long-term contract with their teams before July 15. So that's what I think is going to happen with with, with um, Devontae Adams is he's going to leverage like, dude, I'll not play. Mm-hmm. I'm not signing this tender. Um, that's, and, that's stupid. Uh, well, on one hand it is, but dude, you also – like he wants – so here's 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 the thing with football. So wide receiver seventeen point eight six million dollars. That's what his tender would be, right? For if this is sorry, this is twenty twenty, but whatever. So call it nineteen million dollars. That's a lot of fucking money, right? Um, but that's for one year. And I guess if you're Devontae Adams, you're like, dude, I've helped this organization by taking you know taking it for the team, sticking around, like being being flexible and negotiating my contract and stuff. You want me to go out there and run out there one more year and, you know, what happens if anything, you know, anything that could happen. And he would much rather have that 17, the the thing they get into, and this is, I, I'm with you and I understand it, but but that's, that's call it, call it 19 million. That's 19 million guaranteed. I promise you what Devontae Adams is looking for is, hey, this is the last contract I'm probably going to have the earning potential on. Mm-hmm. And I want fifty million, sixty. I mean, you look at what some of these guys right now are getting and guaranteed in, in contracts. Mm-hmm. Dude, some cornerback from uh, New England just signed somewhere today, four years for eighty-six million dollars. So even though twenty million sounds like a lot for one year, and it is, um, if I'm Devonte Adams, I'm like, dude, this is my livelihood. This is my security. This is the rest <laughs> of my life. Like, dude, I want guaranteed money because yeah. I can get it from anywhere. Well, if you look at it. Um you know, taking all that out of the equation, that's a little deeper dive. I mean, he's earned it. He's earned the right to say, no, I want a long-term deal. Look at my performance. My numbers speak for itself. I'm one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game. I should be paid that way. Uh, this is Green Bay. You're not going to get a lot of free agents to come here. Aaron Rodgers is on his last leg. Uh, but the one thing, if you're the – the Green Bay, you're looking at this situation as, hey, Devontae, you're 29. Uh, we're not sure. You know, we don't want to give somebody that's about to be 30 in December a long-term deal. Uh, we'll give you, let's say, three years ballpark 
in between 30 to 40. Um, but I, I would have a hard time giving somebody that's about to be 30, especially a wide receiver uh, or in one of these explosive positions, a long-term deal when, right before they're about to turn 30. But he's earned the right to say, I want a long-term deal well, just based that, off his performance. Yeah, and that's true. And, and long-term in the NFL is pretty um, – I think he just wants more guaranteed money, right? He could even go get a two-year deal for twice that, right? And then like he's got that guaranteed. But the tag is fully guaranteed, right? The tag is, but the tag is just one year. So it's like, if you look at it, it's like, dude, I'm signing it. So forget a term in my eyes. It's like, all right, yeah, I'm guaranteed $20 million for one year, eight, whatever the tag is. Mm-hmm. Call it 20 call it 18 19 whatever. I'm guaranteed that amount for one year. Everybody looks at that like, dude, that's a fucking hell of a deal. It's like average of the top five. Or if, you know, if in his case, if he is one of those top five, and his 120% of his deal, it might be even more than that. It yeah. might be $21, $22 million. That sounds great. That's $22 million guaranteed. And if he could sign any other contract, he would get more guaranteed money. Yeah. So then if something happens in this one year in which he's tendered, maybe it could be an injury. It could be that his team sucks. It could be that the market – for everybody thinks, oh, well, what is the likelihood of a catastrophic injury? Okay, fine. Maybe there's a bunch of – great receivers that pop out of the market in free agency next year that come out of nowhere, right? There's all kinds of dynamics that could change and that could could limit your potential. And you're like, dude, I've performed everything I'm supposed to do. I, I, on a guy like Adams, I, I agree with it. And the problem is when you do the Le'Veon Bell thing, you know, running backs, dude, are just totally different. I agree. You know, I agree. and that's the part that I think, like, if you do it like he did, it's got to work. And in his case, I don't really think it did because he came back and, and wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of understand it's, it's an unfortunate reality that, you know, you can accuse the NFL of chewing people up and spitting them out because that's what they do. But then they also, like, if you're looking at it, take the human element out of it and look at it as a business entity with employees and, and, and whatever and argue all day long about the profits because, <laughs> I mean, there's plenty there to argue about. But everybody sort of plays within the rule, the, the hand they're dealt. And, you know, these franchise tags are, are really interesting um, when you start looking at I, – I would imagine that for a younger player, right, if Devontae Adams was coming off of his first contract and – because sometimes I think they do it for like salary cap purposes. Like they've been, they've been, they've been, uh, they've done two straight on on Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been the highest paid player in the NFL for like two years. Dude's making like thirty mil. Yeah, he's he like I don't think Kirk Cousins is is uh, as bad as what people make him out to be. I mean, I, I actually think he could, he's a pretty good quarterback. But my point to Green Bay is what I ultimately think is you guys got Aaron Rodgers coming back. Uh, why would you not want to have one of the best receivers? If you want to win a Super Bowl, you gotta you gotta figure it out. Make room, do whatever you can. I think they'll get it figured out with him because I know Rogers likes um likes Adams a lot. What's gonna be really interesting to me is I just read the headline is all I read on on Rogers' deal being worth um being worth all that money. It'll be really interesting to see if they like mortgage the future. So if they pay him less up front to try to win maybe in the next two years. And then his like third year is like sixty mil because they're they're struggling under the salary cap. I, the salary cap whole situation with making shit work in the salary cap is super super interesting to me. It um, is. It's a complex thing, but I, I was listening to it. It is a year to year breakdown. Mm-hmm. So they have an out. Both I think both sides somehow have an out after each year. Yeah, yeah. So the tag is only a one year deal, and then um, you know 
the I think the team can offer it because they can do it to one player and they can, you know, I guess if you're a guy like Kirk Cousins, you're kind of like, dude, I'm a quarterback, right? Like as long as these guys keep me standing up, which is the point, you know, they don't want to waste their $30 million either. Um, yeah, dude, it's, I don't know, man. It's, it's super fascinating. One thing before we get out of here that I want to touch on is Mitch Trubisky getting his chance in Pittsburgh. I think, dude. I, I man, we got. We were talking before the pod. We got to try to get Mitch on here because, yeah. dude, that would be so cool um, to see him. Because, because in the when he was with the Bears, they were they were trash. And it showed. There's a lot of talk about Nagy, their old coach, getting him out of there. They had no receivers. They had no running game. I don't think they had an offensive line. Everybody talks shit about Mitch never threw the ball more than five yards. Well, somebody's calling the plays over there, and I don't think they got anybody that can get open more than five yards down the field. Now he's going to Pittsburgh. Big Ben's gone. You've got uh, – I think Schuster's gone. But you've got Claypool and you got um, – gosh, what is the kid's name? I keep wanting to say Robertson, Robinson, but he was on my uh, – Johnson, Deontay Johnson. They got Najee Harris. I don't think their offensive line is that great, but that's what the draft is for. Uh, and you got a great coach. So, um, I mean, look, he's got weapons. Uh, they always have good tight ends. I mean, they just dream up tight ends and they just pop out of the woodwork mm-hmm. over there. So um, you know, I, I, I'm excited for Mitch, man. I hope uh, I hope he really gets a chance to um, do well. I really want him to go to Washington, and of course, we wound up with I mean, Carson Wentz. Um, I don't even want to get in that. But, former MVP. Uh, former. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of something else Hilarious. that he can hey, stand for, but I, I, I will say I'm happy for Mitch. Uh, one, I don't think necessarily it's what Pittsburgh has; it's what. They don't have, and that's Matt Nagy. Uh, I was never a fan of him or how he handled that whole situation. He put way too much of the blame on Mitch and kind of deflected blame towards himself, just pointed fingers, and I'm not about that. No one, I don't care. John Elway would have had a tough time playing under that system. So uh, hopefully Mitch gets his uh, chance and he proves a lot of people wrong. I'm excited for him. Me too, man. Championship 50, guys. Be on the lookout for it. We're going to make the announcement tomorrow, uh, today, probably, as you're listening, uh, on how to enter. It's going to be great. We're going to support Jimmy's Seafood because they support us, because they support the troops. Uh, We are going to also tell you more about our bracket challenge, so be on the lookout for that. Um, Cam, sorry we couldn't get to you, buddy. Big Hawk, anything else? Stay safe. Stay safe.